All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on the internet. You have found the Real Life Podcast, and we owe you one because we would otherwise just be three guys sitting in a room talking to nobody, but you've been so kind enough to listen in. Which is what we kind of did for a long time, but then we decided you might as well record the conversations. That's true. We thought we were so funny that we thought people would want to listen to us. Yes. It's your boy Wanye here, Bag Milk. We have a special guest today, Nation Dan, the kingpin of HockeyFights.com. Thanks for having me, guys. And a man who's been watching the trade deadline day upstairs at the Little Brick at Nation HQ with an eye on the screen and an eye on the internet. Boys, it was trade deadline day 2018. What are our thoughts? A little bit underwhelming, but that's kind of what I was expecting, which is a very sad state of affairs. You expected a very sad state of affairs? Yeah. Going into trade deadline yeah. day. Okay. Dan, Actually, you, you know what, though? Oh. To be fair, I will give Shirelli props. I'm very critical of him often on this podcast, as you know, Wanya, because yes. you sit to my left uh-huh. most, most of the time. Always. The Latesti for Pontus Aberg trade from, what would that have been, yesterday? I thought that was a good deal. Mm-hmm. Latesti was gone. God bless his heart. Elk Point's own Mark Latesti. Mm-hmm. They got a warm body with actual NHL experience. Not like our boy Dudik. Oh, so we got three trades. There's just a three recap. Trades. If you've been living in some sort of research station, like a biodome, and this is the only access you have to the outside world, the others made three trades this year at trade deadline day or thereabouts. They traded Brandon Davidson for a third-round pick to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. In next year's draft. Next year's draft. The good draft, we'll call mm, that. Of course. Letestu went out the door. Mm. Pontus Aberg came back, who's got a fantastic name. We'll put him up there 
only Pontus in the league I heard last night as a little fun fact for the right? listeners. So we traded for the only one. That's got to have some upside. And we traded, obviously, Pat Maroon got dealt today for something called a J.D. Dudek, mm. who poor Dan had to look up four times before we started the podcast. <laughs> so he didn't say it wrong. And a third-round pick in which year's draft? I believe also next year's. Well, next year's set. Yes. If you're looking for mid-level prospects <laughs> in the 2019 draft in the third round, we got that shit monopolized. Dan, what were your thoughts? You know what? I like I like the first two trades. We got uh, we got something out of a waiver wire pickup from Davidson, and uh, we got a warm body from Latestu. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I had a little dream in my heart that. Uh, uh, or Erickson or ugh, Eric Carlson would be coming over yeah. from Ottawa, but uh, but I think I was, I think that was that was pie in the sky for me. But and he didn't uh, even get dealt when all was said and done. No, yeah, Ottawa said that they uh, they weren't even actively shopping him, which what? is a lie. But yeah, they they said that. I mean, they would have done themselves a disservice to trade him today anyway, because teams are still playing; they can't move big pieces. They would they're going to move him in the summer. I bet Carlson book it today gets moved at the draft. Interesting at the draft. Yeah. Okay. I heard. I heard Vegas made a hard play for him today, but uh, couldn't make it. Happen. Couldn't get to that like, Vegas lifestyle. Unbelievable that team this year. They're just so annoying because they're good and nobody expected them to. And the Oilers were bad and everybody expected them to be good. It's very frustrating. If you stopped me on the street in September 2017 as I was walking <laughs> down the street with a whistle in my heart and a spring in my step, sure of the playoffs, and you said, "Hey, hey, hey, Wanye, it's me. I'm from the future. I'm from." March 1st, 2018. The Golden Knights are first? First. Sure are. The, By a, a fair margin. By a fair margin. Yeah. The Oilers are 28? Nine. Nine. Six somewhere? Six? <laughs> we're all over the place. Not we might good. Be first. Not good. Somebody check the internet. Are we in second? No, we're not. They, I think they're 26, 27. Doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they're a lottery pick. Again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So there's a few things we've got to talk about today, boys. We've got a few, a few items on the agenda. Number one, we want to talk about trade deadline day this year, and we all basically have declared it underwhelming, correct? Yes. It was, it was, like I said, it was what I expected. There were some head scratchers. I personally would have hoped Pat Maroon would have got more than a third-round pick in next year's draft in a Dudek. But what are you going to do? Um, I'm really surprised Mike Camilleri is still an oiler and that Peter Chiarelli on camera said, oh, I didn't even try to trade him. Yeah, I mean, it was underwhelming, but not surprising. Can you take a general manager at his word, though, in this day and age? Like, I didn't try to trade Camilleri. I didn't try to trade Eric Carlson. I was, well. Well, I was like I was saying to Dan upstairs, Shirelli, when he does a press conference, it's very, like, uh, it's very Trumpy in the sense of how he talks. He's got Ooh. really darty little sentences that jump all over the place, so you can't really pin him down on anything. You can never pin a crimson man down. That's what never. Harvard teaches you your first week of school. They say, we assume you're going to be in the Illuminati. We assume you're going to need to learn how to take a defensive posture where you talk and say nothing. And that's actually, like, orientation for freshmen is at it, Harvard. Is this, like, a real thing? No, no, God, no. I don't know. <laughs> Hell's bells. My only time going to Harvard. I went to Harvard. I was sitting in Harvard Square having a – drink of some variety and looking at everybody by myself. And I watched two Harvard students directly walk into each other, mm. spilling nice. binders and papers everywhere. And I thought to myself, you know, Wanya, you might not have gone to Harvard, <laughs> but I bet you wouldn't have gone to that two-car collision on foot. That's my only, my only knowledge. Those men both became owners of Microsoft. Yeah, they're both senators now, I assume. Yeah, yeah, that was about four or five years, years ago. ago. Let's, not, let's not do the postscript to that story, Dad. It's very depressing that even if you're like walking into another student stupid at Harvard, you're probably still in a Fortune 500 C-suite at this point. Make me feel bad about my uh, Nate business diploma. Ah, well, I, I didn't go to Harvard. Don't get me wrong. I simply was at Harvard. Close, well, I mean, you're closer than I did. Closest I ever got to Harvard was watching the Social Network movie, I think. Mm. 
That was Stanford. No, no, that was Harvard. Yeah. You're right. Uh, well, interestingly, this has got nothing to do with trade deadline, but they say that you're better off if you're not going to be in the top half of an Ivy League school. You're better off going to a second-tier school and killing it. Big fish, small pond, they call uh-huh. it. Because, like, they've done studies on Ivy League students and, like, the depression rates of, like, the lower third kids. Because you're like, I'm the smartest person in my whole town, county, state. I'm going to the big leagues. And you go to the big leagues and you realize that, you know, it doesn't feel like being the top 3,000th best person at math is, at Harvard is going to be this huge shot to the nuts, but it is. Yeah. Right? So it's actually better to go to other schools and, and that aren't necessarily in the Ivy League and retain confidence. Because confidence in school and sports and everything, that's like the most important thing. Sure. So you're better off to go to Ball State, get a whole bunch of co-eds in your inflatable hot tub at your frat house and ball out rather than go to Cornell or someplace like that and stress yourself out. You hear that, kids? Aim lower. Lower. Even that's, lower. That's why I didn't go to post-secondary education at all. You, just like Bill Gates. Just like Bill Gates. You just bypassed the entire trap. And here I am, Genius. right at the top. Sitting in the, in the real-life podcast booth talking about God knows what. Well done. So other uh, trade deadlines. I was doing a little research here because I had a little time on my hands, and it just made me irate. And I feel like the reason we didn't do – or I didn't do a podcast for a long time is I didn't want to catch myself off guard 52 consecutive weeks being super pissed off, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to be another, like, angry voice in the choir. And then a friend of mine texted me after the last show two weeks ago and said, remember when you told me to text you if I listened to the podcast and you were too negative? Yes. <laughs> that was this week. So oh, we got to – Yeah. Because yeah, I was just, spa- just spazzing the whole time, right? Yeah, we got heated. Care so much about the oil. So yeah. get fired up. You got to be. So we got to look for like some silver linings or like shit to be mad about in other years. But let's just like leave the garbage fire that is the remaining 25 games of the season. We'll let the pros talk about that. When our boy Gregor goes and does whatever he does on the weekends, your boy Bag Milk jumps in and writes the GDPs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This weekend I wrote, I think – in the Sunday GDP, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being angry about the Oilers, so I was just looking for fun things to point out mm-hmm. about the team. Mm-hmm. And that was way more entertaining for myself than going home steaming mad, eating beets. Well, that's what we got through the decade of darkness. You and I would sit around and think up nonsensical slogans and then push them out there because I think during the decade of darkness, it was a whole different matter altogether because we knew going in, like, I don't know if Cam Barker's going to have what it takes to return <laughs> to form. <laughs> he might. <laughs> But I think that our expectations were, like, clearly dialed down, whereas this year, as we well know, everybody's expectations were set on, you know, the new Britney Spears album level of optimism. And then, in fact, we got a giant dick. Kicker. Yeah, what we got was shaved head Britney smashing the window. <gasps> the best Britney. Mm. TSN came out this morning, and they, uh, they seemed pretty confident that they didn't think we were going to be this good this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who said that? That was, uh, that was the... Uh that was the panel, yeah. They were all just—they're all just giving a little bit of revisionist history this morning. That yeah, I feel like there was a lot of guys. We'll go back to October, and they're like, you know what? Oilers are going to win the division easily. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I popped up briefly this afternoon to say hi, and I looked at the, the the panel, and like one guy's on his phone, and like another guy's on his laptop, and then like I looked at you guys, and like one guy's on his phone, and the other guy's on his <laughs> laptop, and I'm like, man, in like 2018, the difference between the dude who was the guy with the goatee on the panel today. Uh, Pierre Lebrun. Pierre Lebrun. Pierre Lebrun sitting there on the phone. Within three seconds of him knowing anything, you two will both know it too. Absolutely. Because he will run straight to the internet and tell. Of course. And I think it's hilarious watching like the lead up to trade deadline. I love that they're like, what was it this year? Like cut through the clickbait. And like I subscribe to all Sportsnet channels and platforms, and I'm on their Google Plus, and I 
visit their MySpace page regularly. They are the clickbait half the time, for crying out loud. There. But just the idea that, like, me and my phone and my laptop are going to be, like, privy to this crazy information. Perhaps that was the case years past. Yeah, I think that those days are gone. Yeah. But you know what? One of the best things that I love about um, doing what we do at The Nation is days like Trade Deadline, where I got to do a live blog all day. I got to talk shit with the people that read the website, talk shit with the boys at the table, yeah. just have a good time and not have to be as serious as the guys with the phone on TV. Mm-hmm. We were talking burritos in the uh, in the trade blog today because there was nothing happening for hours. So what are you going to talk about? Burritos. That makes perfect sense. Well, that's the nightmare that they have now. They've created this, they've created this franchise of deadline day and uh, trades have just steadily crawled down. And now in the day of the day of texting and, and emails and all that on your phones. All they have to do as a GM now is prove that they had the the deal in place before 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. via their texts or whatever, and then they can show it to the the NHL afterwards. That's why you get all those deadline deals. Is that, that a come fact? In. Yeah. Do you think they'll they'll come a point where stations like TSN Sportsnet where they cut this down? Because I woke up this morning at like 7:30, which is very early for me. Of course. I turn on the TV and they're already going. Yeah. See, I don't think so because because of that. Because you, the first thing you did on deadline day was turn on your TV. There's people out there. God love them. They took the day off today. Oh yeah, bless their hearts. Yeah, you we know? saw people in the nation today. They're like, I took the day off for this. I was like, well, you should have called in sick and saved that one for later. Winkity wink. <laughs> exactly. I mean, no. yeah, it's just it's Canada. It's that's that's what we do, and and we buy into this hockey uh, this hockey trade culture. And you know what? There was 16 deals done today. Still, it was not. A, you know, it's not. It's not. Uh, that's not that's not nothing, but it's definitely not what it was in the past, where you'd have like sixty four deals coming across the table, and they're all going via fax machine, and and some days. trades don't like Daryl Sutter today was ranting about a trade that he didn't get done because his fax machine wasn't working. So, hate that. Did you I remember hear the, the days of leaving high school because Mike York was an oiler? Oh. <laughs> Did you read that thing I read recently about Lou Lamorello and his secure line? Did you read any of that stuff? No. Now I'm going to butcher this, but somebody was telling a story, and they're like. I love Lou Lamorello. So Lou Lamorello is in Toronto now, correct? And yep, he was correct. in New Jersey. Yep. yep. So I'll butcher this, but like the gist of it's quite funny talking about fax machines and whatnot. So he gets to Toronto and he goes in and he looks at his office and he goes, okay, I need a secure line. And they're like, what? He's like, I need, I need a secure line like I had in, in Jersey so I can't get tapped. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, a, a secure line, Lou. Yeah, that's no problem. So then they're like, oh, my God, what do we do? Like, Lou Lamarillo just walked in here, and he wants a secure line. Like, does he actually need a secure line? Like, is anyone tapping his phone? So they called Jersey, I guess. Like, the support staff called. And they said, like, yeah, like, Lou's in here asking about a secure line. They laugh. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All we did was we went and got him a red phone cord. Oh, no. Oh, and that was no. it. They got him a red phone cord, and Lou Lamarillo thought he had a secure line. Oh, that's God. the best. But those are the days, right, where you're like, someone's going to tap into my shit or intercept my facts, and next thing you know, it's not like that anymore. I honestly don't. I'm starting to change how I think that you got to run a team in terms of building. And, I, you know, it, as fans, we want to see these blockbuster deals. We want to see the trades they allude to in the Sportsnet promos of Trade Deadline or, or TSN. I think that, like, very rarely do those turn out. I think very rarely do you throw the vault at a UFA. And that actually works. I think it's exciting Lucic. as fans. Lucic is a prime example, right? There's a guy who, you know, is a power, legitimate power forward in the league. He's the kind of guy that we as Oilers Nation readers demanded get sent to Edmonton year after year after year. Now, granted, every year that he didn't come, he probably declined a little bit. But when it came time to throw the vault at the guy, you don't want to single him out as a bad UFA but like, or a bad massive trade and signing. But, like, he had a lot of good years, and a lot of times they're behind him. 
Right. I remember the Rangers, how they used to sign everybody under yeah, the sun. Yeah, when Glenn Sather forgot how to manage the cap. Yeah, and then the Leafs did the same thing, and they were signing every old asshole that they could. These guys never won. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I think it's almost better on a day like today that Chia put his fax machine away and didn't do any large deals. Now, we've got a bunch of glaring holes and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like I just you don't see that many instances where you're you're winning deals. Let me let me pull you a few trades here. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's my paper. Notes. Yeah, that's my paper everybody. I hope you can hear that. Do you remember in 2014 when a uh, Alish Hemsky, Travis Dagan, you remember this, got traded for a 5th round and a 3rd round pick. So 5th round pick in the 2014 draft and a 3rd round pick in the 2015 draft to Ottawa. Yeah, that was one of those ones where I remember it at the time where we were talking about Hemsky being traded and it was like should have traded him two years ago. It was one of those ones, one right, where the return was so underwhelming for a guy that we loved. And then all, all of a sudden it was like, well, we should have done this two years ago. It should have been, we're too late. We were too late. Why did we do it now? Why did we only get a third and a fifth? And then he goes on immediately after being traded and scores one of the goals of the years for Ottawa. I remember it yeah. vividly, and I was rattled. Travis, I know you're listening, and yeah. I know you remember too. Buddy. Oh, yeah, he remembers. Do you remember that deal, Dan? Yeah, I do. I think I think Edmontonians and myself included were all guilty of uh, of putting a little bit of extra love into a guy like Alishemsky. I oh, think for you're, sure. I think you're going to point out some statistics uh, after the trade that uh, kind of prove otherwise as, as to what we felt about the guy. But for sure, well, but this is kind of like my point. So after that, you're right. I have notes here, Dan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he had seasons of 11 and 13 goals with the Stars after that, and he you know, basically tailed off. He had, he was still signed to big sheets though, big dough mm, when he absolutely. got dealt. Right. Absolutely. He'd earned, he put all the hard miles on the car as an oiler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, guys like that, if you're paying somebody and you're like, well, you've performed up until a point. Now it's time to hit you with the big dough, like a Sean Horkoff deal. I do a Sean, Sean Horkoff deal all day long. Yeah. Because he came in the Oilers. He earned his stripes. He went to the all-star game. He was a point of game player. Yep. Granted, he blew his shoulder out in the all-star game. And that was the first thing that ever happened. But, a deal like that where the guy's at least earned his stripes as an oiler, yeah, you can maybe overpay him so that 33, 34 in the decline. But when you get somebody who's brand new to the organization, how old is Milan Lucic, 31? Uh, he's turning 30 right away. Turning 30, okay. So in theory, he still has three or four more good years against him. It might not be an age issue of why he's slowing down, but he's been a Bruin. He earned all his stripes as a Bruin. When he thinks back on his career, he's going to remember his time in Beantown like Andrew Ference did. Well, even now they dust off those clips of him partying with, you know, around the Super Bowl they were talking about, here's Milan Lucic with Tom Brady from like six years ago. Or yeah. Like, yeah, he's a Bruin. But he earned his time with Peter Shirelli. Correct. Which is where, well, the, the, where the whole connection comes and they in. Always go. But there's also a flaw in that loyalty as well where Shirelli's like, whatever you want, Milan, here you go because I know the guy you are because we grew up together essentially. And then he paid him that way, despite not, you know, maybe not being worth what he got at the time in terms of contract being bulletproof. It's all like a guy like that is all signing bonus. And that's on Shirelli that he. What do you mean signing bonus? Milan Lucic's contract is virtually, you can't buy it out. Every year he gets the majority of his salary as as a signing bonus, making his contract essentially bulletproof to being bought out unless it's a. Why couldn't the next team pay his signing bonus to start the year? Oh, if they trade yeah, him, sure. Yeah, he's talking about buyouts. Though. Oh, buyout. Yeah, yeah. So oh. uh, c- unless there's a compliance buyout where they're like, you got an oopsie free on the books here, that's the only way you can get rid of Milan Lucic unless there's a team like you know Florida or something that needs to get to the, the cap floor that wants him. We're too so. good of guys to use the compliance buyouts, though. I think we only used one last time, didn't we? How many do you get? You got, we got two from the last deal. So we have like one in the can? No. No, she's it, gone. It expired after two what? years. Yeah, we're yeah. too nice. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, okay. Well, there's other. Yeah. There's no do-overs in life, one. Oh, well, sometimes there are. <laughs> Except you can, have, you can have a new kid and replace him with the old kid that went crazy with the new kid. Or you bring Peter Nedved back again and Grebishkov back again. Yeah, bring back Adam Oates in his 46th <laughs> year on Earth and say, "Where's that Hall of Fame stride?" Exactly. There was a deal in 2011. These are kind of the deals I think that work sometimes to our advantage, and, and at the time they seem annoying. But they dealt Penner for Tubert a first-round draft pick in 2011 and a third round in 2012, and that draft pick turned out to be Clefbaum. Yep. yep. That's a good deal. At the oh, time, yeah. you're like, I miss Dustin Penner. All the Donaire stores in town recorded lower sales than ever before, <laughs> and you're, like, rattled. But when you look back on it seven years later, you got, you know, an eight-pack of abs, and Penner had a one-pack at best. You know, we won that deal. Yeah, you pulled, we pulled the shoot at the right time. Yeah. And, like, to me, that's good asset management, right? Yeah. But they'd sign Penner to that big deal. Right? And we're all like, yeah, we did it. God, we've been Oilers fans for a long time. We did it. We signed Dustin Penner. Check this out, everybody. And, you know, he was okay for about yeah, a year, year and a half. Yeah, a couple of years, he was fine. But then pulled himself into the death spiral that a lot of underperforming Oilers seem to fall into on down years, and they just get down themselves and away they go. Right? Well, it's funny that you brought up the Penner um, offer sheet because they also did the Vanek offer sheet, right? Oh, that was the best. Where if that one had gone through the Oilers would have missed out on guys like Taylor Hall and Nuge because the, the, the was it the Sabres? Yeah. Sabres got, would have got four first-round draft picks from that. Ah, but Thomas Vanek would have saved the day. Saved the day. would have been going for a cup every year. I remember when they offer-sheeted him, me and the Squire are not present today because he's off living his life. We were at, like, the Stampede or something. And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> Thomas Vanek. And he was like, if this goes through, we're super fucked. And I'm like, you don't know anything. You're an idiot. Well, history has proven him correct. Well, it did to that point as well. I remember being excited about Tubert. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, shut down D-Man. Here we go. Tubert's a, Tubert's a unique case, though, right? I think that uh, he looked a lot better on paper than when he showed up. Mm-hmm. Remember when they – who was it? Was it Fisho they signed the one year and then bailed on him during training camp? Oh, no. Remember that? No. So Eric Fisho came in from Montreal. He was supposed to be hot, hot shit as a goalie. And whatever happened during training camp or, like, the beginning of the season, he wasn't there at, like, game 10. Mm. I think sometimes it's just, like, not as advertised. Like our boy UC Jokinen. Well, I mean, what did UC Jokinen play on this team? Four, Four teams this year? Oh, yeah, he's I think the word he's is out that the Juice might not fifth team in he's, one year. He got fourth traded team. to Vancouver now. Yeah, or fourth team, team sorry, yeah. Today. That's Strudwicky in levels of trading. <laughs> that is that is too much. Well, so speaking about not as advertised, this is the other one I saw. The second worst trade deadline, looking back, was 2010 when they traded Lubo for Ryan Whitney mm. and a sixth-round draft pick. Remember that deal? I sure do. I sure do. Yeah, yeah. I would argue that that – trade actually started the decade of darkness because Lubo up till that point had been our number one D remember smooth as silk and making it happen and passing it around to the point doing it big does everything Sakara does now Mm -hmm. true true Sakara's been good but they trade him for Whitney who I think at the time they thought it was kind of like a one for one deal but Lubo was a little bit more proven so they sent Whitney and and a sixth round pick yeah failing to recognize two things Three things. One, each of his feet were club feet yeah. <laughs> and made predominantly of broken spaghetti strands dry. Yep. And secondly, he was going to be the attitude that he was. Mm. And when you bring in a Ryan Whitney into a dressing room, I think that's full of young kids. And Whitney walks in like that kid in class. He's like, I'm too smart for all this shit. And my dad's rich, so I don't care. Let's all not care. I think Ryan Whitney was that kind of guy. I would agree with that. I mean, just even listening to – I've li- listened to a few episodes of Spit and Chicklets. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, yeah. 
And like it's fun to have that guy, right? Sure. A lot of times we're that guy. Yep. I'm that guy. Good luck trying to get me to sit still for 45 minutes. It's impossible. But if you're bringing in somebody to mentor kids, like forgetting the medical due diligence that should have led to someone getting fired. Like, I don't know if NHL players have a medical like history that travel with them, but like I would be wanting to know way more about a guy's injuries and be pulling that up. They must look to some degree. They have to have this something like chronic that. foot disintegration syndrome, which I just made up as a disease, but it yeah, was something absolutely. like that. But other organizations have good shredders, you know, they, uh, so you think that they didn't know the, the condition of his feet? I mean, they should have. They absolutely should have. I think fans knew that there was <laughs> that there was an underlying issue because he was he was in Anaheim, correct? Correct. When they traded for him, and Pittsburgh gave up on him pretty early on. When people when they traded him away, everybody was like, "Why?" Because of the uh, because of the fact that he was injury prone, right? But once he gets to Anaheim, Anaheim just slides that into the old incinerator and uh, and lets Edmonton figure it out for themselves. Although, to be fair, though, to Ryan Whitney, because I know he's listening. Of course, he, <laughs> you listen to Smith and Chicklets. He listens to this hot mess. He had a great, what was it, like half season that one year before his leg fell off? Yes. But then everything went to shit from there. But there was that there, tiny little moment in time yeah, where he looked like a guy where you were like, oh, shit, okay, I get the trade now. I, thought, I think the big issue with Ryan Whitney the whole entire time was just how little he was in the lap. I mean, 19 games the year after he got traded here. And I remember yeah. being like, well, they'll shut him down for the year. They'll put his feet in Lucite like they put Han Solo in in that episode of Star Wars. And then he'll come back next year ready to go. How good are we going to be next year? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been We've been telling ourselves that every Absolutely. So that brings me to my most painful trade deadline of memory, which actually led to something good. Because in 2007... <laughs> They traded Ryan Gordon Smith for Robert Nielsen, Ryan Amara, and a first round draft pick that turned out to be Alex Plant. And if you're asking yourself who is Alex Plant, Alex Plant doesn't even know who he is. I still hold a grudge against Sportsnet for that uh, that trade deadline. Why? What happened? Because almost immediately before Ryan Smith was traded, they had Eklund in yes. as a insider sitting in the shadows in the back of the studio. Yeah. Right before the buzzer sounded, Eklund comes in and says, I've got Rock hard or rock hard, <laughs> boy. Uh, rock solid information saying Ryan Smith signed a five six whatever it was. Ten minutes later, Ryan Smith has been traded to the New York Islanders. This is why you got to take the day off work, Dad. Yeah, so you can I witness this shit. Still, still hold Sportsnet a grudge against them for that. They had him up in the top booth, like deal or no deal style. Yeah, behind like a behind a fro- frosted glass window, as I imagine that they will have bag milk and Wanye at some point in their lives. Oh, I don't know anything. I know less than nothing. You guys know everything now. I'm watching trade deadline today. I'm like, who, 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 who? I'm going down the list. Who, who? Just make it up as you go. Who? That's, Fuck, that's the Eklund way. I remember that Eklund year. That was a good year. They had them with like the Jason hockey mask on. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh, trade deadline. Gets weird, you know. As the trades go down, they just get odder and odder. Like, although I will say today, TSN, I was super jealous. All the boys got Harvey's. On the air? Oh, yeah. 100%. They're crushing burgers on air, and I'm just like, oh, that's good living right there, Duffy. But is, like, is, is the action that action-packed? They need to eat that shit on air? You know what? They probably were paid to do it. Never mind. Absolutely. It was, yeah, it was spon- it's yeah. sponsored by Harvey's. Harvey's year. was the title sponsor of Deadline Day today. If James Duffy eating a burger and ringy fries doesn't make you want to run out and get some for yourself... O Dog Nine asking if there's ketchup on it. Is yeah, O Dog was O Dog was in there. Of course he was. He was in the mix. He was all in that. And then Can't they put a cheeseburger in front of O Dog without him getting on that thing. All right, right quick. Well, speaking of paying bills, huh? segue. Yeah, nice. See, we don't need anybody else. Nice. We'll do it all ourselves. 
We're going to take a break, come back in a couple minutes, and get back to what we're mad about on The Real Life. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. And we're back. We were gone for 45 minutes. We went and got uh, Harvey's ourselves. I'm all jacked up on Red Bull. I ordered the James Duthie, which was a burger that was full of hair, immaculately quaffed, and with a tie that was so sharp the edges severed the roof of my mouth. I have uh, one of Harvey's new ice caps. Yeah. I don't know... Uh, I don't know how this is going to go. Wait a minute. Yeah. You go to Harvey's? No, I saw it on TV today. Oh, I see. All right. Just blowing my lie. I'm a big Harvey's guy. Come on. I do. Yeah, there's one just down the road from my place. See, I'm a big believer in a burger place telling me what's good, me not telling them what's good. Ah. Don't like it. Interesting. Not all in I on like that. I like the customization. Yeah. What do you want on your burger there, bag milk? Hey, I'll tell you. James Duthy tie. Exactly. That makes sense. You can't get that at McDonald's. I love how McDonald's right now is rolling out bacon with a Big Mac like we've never heard of either of them. Yeah. Have you heard of the Big Mac? No, huge, do go on. What if I told cola. you it has bacon on it now and we're presenting it in old English font? <laughs> I will say that McDonald's makes me laugh because Roll Up the Rim is on right now, which is the most Canadian promotion of all time. And McDonald's is like, you know what? We're just going to do cheaper coffee than all of you. And we guarantee you win one in seven. What now, Tim's? Bastards. I love the it. The ghost Beautiful. of Tim Horton is fighting with the ghost of Ray Cock in heaven as we speak. Coach? Cock? Cook? Hmm. No. Ray. Ray Cock. Let's go with, let's go with Ray <laughs> It's a think Cock. piece. It's a think yeah. piece. Yeah, let's go with Cock. Yeah. So everything isn't ruined. And I think it's important on a day like today where it's yet another trade deadline come and gone and yet another 20-game span to mail it in that we recognize that there are a lot of silver linings here. First of all, number one, you don't look any further than the captain. No. The year that we traded for Alex Plant, what year was that? Let me do my math. 2007, that was 11 years ago. Connor was nine. Mm. He doesn't care. No. He doesn't remember. He never played against Alex Plant. As long as we have Connor McDavid on the lineup, we are not screwed in the long term. Mm-hmm. And it's important to remember that. Night in, night out entertainment every time. And guys like that in the long run, unless they bounce, hopefully he never leaves, uh, you can build around it. You can have a Chia come in and screw things up as long as you keep a Connor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the shorter term, we are still in the middle of Connor looking for back-to-back Art Ross trophies. To yeah. me, that's a, that's a reason to watch the games right Whoa, there. Unbelievable. Three Agreed. points last night, and they were casual. Mm. I mean, he could have easily got another five-point night last night. The guy is amazing to watch. He's worth every second of my time. Yeah. And I will watch every single minute of hockey while he's an oiler. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's for 100 years. 100 and years. And I'm going to keep watching the DVDs long after he's gone. Mm-hmm. There won't be DVDs. By then, there'll be like cyber yeah, it'll video. Yeah, just get planted right in my Exactly. Head. You're like, yeah. oh, I just need to access my front lobe. And oh, there's the entire Oilers discography. <laughs> Boy, was Alex Plant a terrible pick. You'll remember that when you're watching mm-hmm. those. Uh, so, yeah, we got Connor. And... Secondly to Connor, we've still got Dreisaitl, who in the last few games, like, what in the hell is going on? Ridiculous. Suddenly you put the two of them together, and it's magic. Yeah. Shocking. That one goal where he cut to the middle, and he went around that one guy and then went shelf. 
Yeah. That's why you give that guy $8 million. That's the guy you give $8 million to. You give it to a guy who's coming out of his entry-level contract who is all-world talented, and you throw the vault at him, and he had a bad first half of the first year, whatever it was. It's fine. You're going to have him for all those years where he's going to put the hard miles on the odometer, right? Yeah. So we got him. The Nuge wasn't traded. Thank F. Oh, it was like, especially if, if Tom McClellan's going to play Leon Dreisler with Connor, which I agree with in the sense that they're magic together, why wouldn't you put those Because you have three other studs. lines of people from France and other random shit. Okay, so maybe Johan Ovitu plays forward sometimes <laughs> when he's technically a defenseman. Oh, is he? Well, that's beside the point. Fiddle faddle. I've made a mistake on air. <laughs> Thank God no one's listening. <laughs> but if, if that's what you're going to do, and that's fine then you need Nuge as your second-line center. And I was so pumped to see that he's still an Oiler today. He had a great year. The, the, the kid just turned six. Yeah. He was the leading goal scorer on the team until he got hurt. See, that's the reason why you sign Nuge long-term is he won't age, it's right? So you aging. sign him to a 20-year deal at 20. At the yeah. end of that contract, he's 19. Exactly. How did that happen? Isn't it wild to think that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the longest-serving Edmonton Oiler? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that yesterday, and it blows my mind. Yeah. He got over. drafted after his first birthday, and now he's yeah. the only one standing from just a decade of The youngest heart. man is the oldest veteran. He's got Benjamin Button disease. Exactly. Uh-huh. So that's good. I mean, I think – now, did, did the Nuge not get traded because of his injury? He's not allowed to be traded. So, yeah, he kind of forced the hand there, which is good. You're not allowed to be traded when you're injured? No. You gotta, Dan, you're you a have fount to, of knowledge. You have, to, you have to pass a physical, which comes back to our Whitney conversation. But, uh, what? Yeah. The really? team will have to make you pass a physical. Hey, Wits, you doing okay there? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm doing fine. All right, let's take Are any of your feet made of cheese? <laughs> well, let me take a look down here. Nope, nope, seem to be fine. They're in $1,000 loafers. Well, he seems ready to go. Yeah. Let's not ask him too many questions on the way out the door. <laughs> he yeah. seems like he's busy. God damn. What are the other highlights? Well, they didn't do anything with, for better or for worse, they didn't blow the D up. I mean, I think trading Brandon Davidson is a confusing deal to me. Yep. You got a guy who's a good value, one of three people in the league who actually want to play in Edmonton. Yep. You just got him back yep. after he requested to come here. Yep. Most importantly, he was scheduled to be a guest on this show. Right. Which I've, was going to be our triumphant return to top-tier interviewing, and then I he bounced. totally believe you on that one. Uh, oh, you don't believe me? No. Oh, you don't believe the guy who just got traded was totally going to come on the show? Shocking. Shocking. Oh, yeah, no. And, uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, totally. And Gretzky was coming on <laughs> here, too. And then he said, well, if Davidson isn't an oiler, I can't find my way down to Little Brick. You know who I'm excited for? Uh, to watch the development of and continue to watch the development of is J.J. Kara. Yeah. Huge fan of his. I think He's a silver lining. I think we might have uh, a poor man's Milan Lucic, mm-hmm. a younger, obviously, Great poor man's too. Milan Lucic, oh. and his beard game is beyond. Could, it's bulletproof. Hell of a beard. You could hide a house key in it, and it wouldn't fall Amazing. out. Amazing. But there's a guy that you know can punch some faces and, and score some goals if we give him a chance. He so. sniped the other night. Boy, that was a top cheddar goal for the ages. To Dan's point, he can score goals like he did the other night, which was a ridiculous goal. But he will also beat the life out of mm-hmm. you if you if he needs to. Mm-hmm. And that is a yeah. that's a scary guy. If he can keep developing and keep getting a little bit quicker, and you know the experience just kind of keeps going for him, um, they've got a really interesting player there, and that's exciting. And he was drafted by the Oil. Yeah, third round pick. Ha, third round. Well, yeah, that's why we made the deals today, boys. There's a whole cupboard full of Jujars in the third round. We can just go pick whichever one we want. In Absolutely. Two years. Former Brandon Weeking, I think. Was he? I believe. 
Dan. He played in Prince George, didn't he? He was in the BCHL. There you go. Was he? I think so. Uh, I'm wrong. I think I'm going to steal that one from you. Nice. Nice. Well, between the two of you, as long as one of you know, you can tell me lies. Jujar. Oh, yeah, no. He was an oil king. Was he? Yeah. You don't remember him winning the Memorial Cup with the, like, just hit me with a thousand fake facts. (laughs) I think anything like this, as long as you say it with conviction, you'll convince somebody. We were talking, we were in Lake Louise. The crew went down for the uh, Lake Louise Pond Hockey Tournament last week, and the beds at the Fairmont were the best bed I've slept in in ages. That's where you take an expensive hooker. Exactly. To the Fairmont. Best hookers. Mm-hmm. No coupon hookers at the no, Fairmont. Oh, no. People. If they're going to drive up to the Chateau Lake Louise, they're at least $1,000 a so day. Chris and I were trying to scheme of how we could steal the beds without getting uh, arrested or noticed. Mm-hmm. And I said, all we need is a couple of, ju- a couple of coveralls and just a can-do attitude. Mm-hmm. Nobody would ever stop you. No. No one's going to ask questions as long as you don't look for questions. Really? Good. That was a gangster thing to say. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you got a shady pastor. <laughs> you want to tell us, us anything? Maybe you were involved in the Whitney deal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you wear a safety vest and you have a clipboard, you outrank the police in most emergency situations, I think. If you I have like pylons it. around your truck. I knew a guy. This is a legitimate thing. He had a white Jeep. And what he did was he had two pylons. And he would put a pylon in front of his Jeep and behind his Jeep, and he never paid for parking. For years. Genius. And, like, occasionally someone would be like, oh, what's this all about? But, like, it just sort of looked like a work car, yep. and he had his pylons, and, you know, don't ask questions, don't get responses. That could be – you know, I say it all the time, geniuses walk among us. Mm. That's what that is because around this table, I, Wanye, I know a lot of us have paid parking tickets like <laughs> crazy, mm-hmm. and that is the kind of information that we need. I actually recently found a hole in the matrix and no – for the third consecutive year, I paid no in-park tickets. Nice. Good for you. And it's not because I didn't get any in-park tickets, because <laughs> I rack up in-park tickets. When I found a way out, and I would tell everybody is a life hack, but for fear in-park, who I'm sure is listening, shout out to in-park. You hey, guys in-park. have great parking services. Amazing. They're everywhere. There are lots. The name is amazing. Amazing. So. But they uh, they would be onto it. But there's a way to get out. Oh. But yeah, yeah, tickets are a bitch. I agree. One I mean, we always ticket. pay our tickets on time. One parking ticket in my life. Come on. No, no other tickets. That's the only ticket I've ever gotten. Really? Yeah. Really clean sheet on your record. That's Halifax, amazing. Nova Scotia. I was running to the meter. I was about ten seconds behind the lady, and she gave me the ticket. Oh, Shout out to her for cool. doing her job. Yeah, yeah. You know? Fair enough. I watched that meter war show on A and E, like the rest of us did. Those people get yelled at all day long. <laughs> parking wars. See, I like the parking people that you know. You slip them a little something, and they'll be like, "Ah, you're all right." Oh, like a roofie. <laughs> That's one angle you can play for. I mean, Here, just at- drink this drink. What? Why? I'm trying to give you a ticket. I noticed you're giving me a ticket there. Is there any chance you'd like to drink from my camel pack? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like my roof teeny? Uh, roof like uh, our boy Chris the intern. He got out of having his vehicle towed away by having a nice nice smile and slipping the guy a 20, and he's like, you don't really want to tow my truck, do you? Chris the intern had the sense to slip the guy a twomp? Oh, yeah, he That's what gre- I call 20 Dan. Well, he, he has the 20, else. yeah. I'm like the rest really? of us. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I just got the big bucks. Wow. He's, I could see one day that we all, like, wh- if there was a war and we all got conscripted into, like, have you ever seen Starship Troopers? Yes. Remember? Yeah, okay. okay. Have you not of seen okay. Starship Chris the intern is Doogie Hauser in that movie. Oh. Like, we're all in intake together. Maybe everyone of the nation. Maybe Little Brick all goes down to volunteer for space war. And we're like, see you, Chris. We'll see you. We're just going into the Marines. And he'll walk out in, like, a general's costume three hours later and be like, we're going to go get that space yeah, brain. Yeah. And you're like, really? I never. Well, yeah, okay. You got to that one ticket with the twomp he threw at the lady. He's cutthroat. He knows things. He does. Ask no questions. Get no questions. But he's always got that smiley veneer where you're like, this guy would never kill me in a space war. Yeah, exactly. But he would. He would absolutely, absolutely. kill you. Absolutely. 
having sex. Well, I boy. assume he has a shallow grave of bodies somewhere behind two hills that we'll never know about. Oh, one day the investigation will come to a shocking conclusion that it turned out all these years Chris had been killing all those people. Yeah, and if it wasn't him, it was our boy Coom. 100%. We don't even have the time. Coom is a series of 10 podcasts. <laughs> Cam Lewis, who works in the nation. If you ever want to, sometimes when I'm talking with Cam, I feel like I'm a visitor to, my, to this planet. Sometimes I feel like that a lot. Or he's a visitor to mine because I'm just like, tell me about the customs of your people, Coom. And he tells me all sorts of interesting things. Well, I'll tell you. What else you boys want to talk about? we still got like eight more minutes. We're like the opposite of Coach's Corner where we're always running out of time. Here we've got like a ton of time. You know what? I've got a pessimistic thing that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is no way in hell that Milan Lucic is going to go another 26 games without scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel positive in saying that. I, I think you may be wrong on that one. We've got 20 games left in the season, and I guarantee he will score by the end of it. Milan Lucic isn't as bad as the 2017-18 season, 2017-18 season would suggest. He's got no confidence. You talked about confidence exactly. before. If everything is going as badly for you as they are for Milan Lucic right now, you're in your own head. Yeah. Like they did a special on oh, – not a special, but they were talking about it on Sportsnet where they're talking about him. <laughs> a special. This seven-part <laughs> yeah. thing of what is wrong with Milan Lucic. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of specials, though, that Waco one that was on on A&E last week, great. Anyway, that was a – Different story. That's a different fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People die. Branch Davidians. <laughs> so anyway, Leach is at a point in the season where he's changing his stick tape. He's changing his pregame meal. He's changing the way he's getting to the rink. Like he, the dude is in his own head. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Look at Ryan Strom. Ryan oh. Strom has four goals in his last five games after going twenty plus games without a goal. All he had to do is beat the shit out of the water bottle or a stick. Dan, you grabbed the video. I don't I know sure what it did. was. Yeah, he, he tossed the old water bottle down, and then he gave it a good seven or eight stabs with his stick. That's my boy Pooljoo was there nodding beside him. Pooljoo RV was looking like he was uh, he was that water bottle. I, You know, that's another positive is watching Jesse Pooley RV. I could oh, yeah. watch that guy. They should put him in some kind of atrium and just, like, have cameras on him I all the cams. time. Yeah. I Jesse cams. I like it. There are a lot of positives to take out of this team this year, and I think that it's – it's our in our nature to find what those are and, and expand upon them. But there still are a lot of good storylines, and there's a lot of good players that need not apologize for the year that they had, and Pooley is one of them. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, you know he's got a ways to go, but he's still a 19-year-old kid. I, I always say to the boys upstairs, it's like he's a calf that's just learning to walk, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's just figuring out his first steps. He looked like a lot like Darnell Nurse. Remember when Darnell Nurse came? Yeah. They all do it. Nurse came to, to camp with like his neck had doubled in diameter. The Nuge did it the one year. Oh, Remember I'm when the right. Nuge showed up and he had traps? <laughs> oh, he's a big boy. What's yeah, up with yeah. the Nuge's neck? Those are muscles. Oh, of course. Well, TSN, speaking of Darnell Nurse, TSN has uh, him making the 2022 Olympic roster today, along with our boy Connor McDavid. 2020, why are we back in the Olympics? They're talking about going to, what is this, Beijing? Beijing oh, yeah. for God's sakes. They're just going to drag this shit out for four more. Boys, I've learned not to be tricked by the Olympics anymore. We're going to watch Rob Klinkhammer again in four years. Which is, I'm all in. I love that. I love that Germany, I love that Germany was in the final this year. That's, that's true. That's a ton of fun. It is good for German hockey. I mean, to have them go in the finals of the Olympics and, you know, the Olympic athletes of Russia ended up winning or whatever. But this going to do more for German hockey than if they got bumped in the quarterfinals weeks before the medal round. The best thing – I mean, you, in a country like Germany now with Dreisaitl, right, and now they've got 
their metal, their, their silver medal. There's like an unintended consequence of you'll see in like 10 years, all of a sudden Germany's going to have a better program. That's right. It's like when the Raptors went to Toronto. Now all of a sudden Andrew Wiggins pops out of Canada and he credits watching the Raptors, right? For sure. The best thing about the hockey this year in the Olympics, I think we can agree, was the return of Alexei Yashin. What on earth? Where did they find him? He's in charge of the Russian women's program, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. Cryogenics. He had the dead, dead eyes of a serial killer. When I was watching him, I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's still under contract for four more years. Is he really? No, 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 I'm kidding. I think I think he I, just dropped yeah, off the I'm books. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's done. Because every now and then I look at the Islanders uh, on the revamped NHLnumbers.com. Yeah. And I love seeing their buyouts. Like, they're paying Rick DiPietro until the end of time, and it's great. Yeah. Same with if you go to the Flyers, and they're paying Bruce Galov a million bucks a year until the end of time. It's my favorite. Well, it's like the Habs. What did, they, what, what did I read? It's like between Carey Price and Weber – in like 2023, they're paying like 18 million for the two of them, and they're both on the shelf with old man injuries yeah. in 2018. Weber won't play again this year. He shut down for the year. Well, I think you have to with that many years left on the contract. I mean, sure. Well, like, what else? What are they going to do? They're terrible. Weber for Subban is looking like Lubo for Whitney times four right now. It yeah. always could be worse. It always could be worse. And it was just know. amazing. That- I don't know. I think we're going through a pretty good stretch of worse right now, but I appreciate your optimism. They've got Jonathan Drouin signed until 2022 at 5.5 million. Till till 2022? Yeah, absolutely. Till till 2022 at 5.5 million, and I think he has 14 points this year. Ah, fantastic! That's a trade that, uh, in hindsight, does not look good for Bergevin and Steve. Old old slick Stevie Y. He's out there making deals. Like, how did? Iserman was in on the Carlson chase for the last what was it four days or whatever. Yeah. Everybody thought Carlson was going to go to Tampa. And that it was a foregone conclusion. Didn't get done. So what do they do? They go get Ryan McDonough. Yeah. Like he's like, okay. For nothing. Well, my plan B is very, very good as well. And yeah. I'm just going to go execute that now. And everybody else is just mind leaks out of their ears. Because I, I don't know how he does it. I wonder, like when we were talking about this a little bit earlier, like it, as, as people who are accustomed to loading trades into PlayStations and seeing them approved or not, I wonder how much personality is at play between GMs who hates who and who likes who and how much just like, I'm not going to trade this guy to you because you're in my conference. No, I wonder how often that's playing into things that like, I would just love even 10 years later to just have followed a GM through the league for a year and listen to his calls and listen to it to get a better understanding of how hard it is, the intangibles to make an NHL trade. Because we all live in the world where you're just like, and then I select him in the menu and him, and then I propose it, and then the Sony Corporation tells me that's not a deal, <laughs> and then I retool, and then the deal is it's not like that in real life. That would be what you just described would be one of the best TV shows you could watch. Like, say they filmed all of that stuff and then retroactively released it like a year later or whatever. Way longer even. Like, you could do these things. You could put it out right now if you put out the 2007 trade deadline year where they just follow the GMs around. It wouldn't die. Like, the content wouldn't die. And it, basically, every single player is out of the league. Yeah. I always believed with, like, to your point, with uh, GMs being having relationships with, with other GMs. I think Kevin Lowe did himself a huge disservice by how well he did for the Oilers in 2006 at the trade mm-hmm. in and around the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. The trade challenging people to barn fights. Although I would have watched that. There you go. Yeah. Having ha- getting getting uh Yaroslav Spachek for Tony Samalainen and getting Dick Tarnstrom for Corey Cross. Oh man, old Dickie Tarnstrom, that guy was the bomb diggity. Dwayne Rollison trade, you know, like he made he made some GMs look bad that 
I imagine, you know, the next time hit their phone rings and up comes Kevin Lowe's name, they're kind of questioning themselves as to whether they want to look stupid or not. And to his credit, he took swings. Yeah. In that 2006 run, Kevin Lowe took swings. Yeah. It was a first-round pick for Dwayne Rolison, which now you think about, like, holy shit, that was a ballsy trade. Yep. But they were a mid-level team, mm-hmm. and to risk that much for a goalie that they got, you know, Caleb took a swing, and he had the balls to do it. And I, you know. That was one of the greatest times of my life, and I'll always appreciate it for it. Oh, yeah. If you no. don't think we're being positive supporting Kevin Lowe. Hey, then. I don't I, – uh, I honestly think – now, Kevin Lowe has expired his time on the shelf. The milk has gone bad. But I think it's a travesty that Kevin Lowe's number is not in the rafters with the Garth Brooks rafters. 100%. Right? That guy is the Oilers. He's held every – first draft pick, first – no, not first draft pick, but first goal – for he was assistant captain, captain, Long. assistant coach, coach, GM, Poho, vice chair, vice chair Poho, assistant Daryl Cates, assistant <laughs> to Gary Bettman. He was everything. Longest serving Oiler, I think. And we don't treat people like that, even if they've had a bad stretch. Kevin Lowe hasn't, in my mind, been responsible for anything in the last three or four years. The weird part is the revisionist history as well. Like every now and then on the nation, somebody will take a shot at Kevin Lowe or whatever, and, and you know, say what you want about his management after two thousand six. Fine. Mm-hmm. But there are people that will go and say that he wasn't a good defenseman on the day. Nonsense. Which is just complete nonsense. Yeah. He was one of the best. And he has six cups to his name. Which he reminds us of hourly. Oh, yeah. He wears them all the time. Yeah. He's got them around a necklace. He knows a thing about winning. Yeah. And it, it's he did a lot for this franchise when he didn't have to. And he's just the poster boy for bad times, whether they were or were not his fault. Well, and I think, you know, to your point about I know a thing or two about winning, you can put yourself in Kevin Lowe's shoes. He's being held accountable for once in 40 years. He's backed into a corner in a press conference. <laughs> and when he says, I know a thing or two about winning, he's right. Mm-hmm. He has six cups. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing about credibility and the funny thing about sports is like, that's great. You do. What have you done for me lately? Yep. yep. Right? Alachemsky, dealt for nothing. Get out of here, you bum. Do you remember how he got all those injuries? He got them because the Oilers refused to put anyone around him to protect him for years and years and years. Regeer used to just clobber him whenever he felt Kill like him. it. And then when these guys are hurt, we go, oh, uh, you suck, Hemsky. Get the F out of here. And then Travis Dakin has a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I mean, there were nights where Hemsky was literally the only reason to watch games. Mm-hmm. And they were bad games. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Revisionist history in Oilers fans, I think, is really prominent because some of these guys that we all loved, like even Pat Maroon today, he was traded today, and in the notification in the in the mentions on ON's Twitter, people were sewering him on the way out. Yep, we loved Pat Maroon. Love what Pat are we Maroon. Talking about absolutely. Oh man, and I think that's a positive too. To go back to our point too, is that watching a guy like Pat Maroon. Watching that story continue yeah. in in New Jersey now with our boy Taylor Hall, yeah. you know it's it's going to be exciting to watch for those guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, it sucks that the Oilers aren't in the playoffs, but hey, we got a guy that you know has gone gone to battle for the Oilers for two or three years yeah. now, and uh, you know really made a player out of himself. You know, Shirelli alluded to it today too, saying that you know Pat credits the organization with a lot of his development, but. It could have just been as easy for Pat Maroon to show up in Edmonton and not try. Oh, and for not, sure. And not earn his spot on the top line. What can you not like about Pat Maroon? Anthony, check. When's the last time you saw an Oilers kid on the bench doing secret handshakes with his dad? I was just going to say, man, I'm going to miss Anthony. Yeah. I miss Anthony more than Pat, and little, I really liked Pat. Little Rig was uh, was a heart heart he, stringer. He was a good little fella, right? What else did what, what else is there to hate about Maroon? He was a big banging body who scored goals. If you hold it against him that this guy is turning 30 years old, 
and he wants to get a contract, essentially what will be the last big contract of his life. It'll be the first big contract of his life, first too. First big contract He was playing bloody life. roller hockey a few years back. Yep. If you're going to hold a grudge against him for that, then come on. He needs to live off of that for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. Pat ain't going to go be an investment banker after the fact. He's going to need to manage his dough. Yeah, I mean, he's going to stock up on uh, coloring books, and he's going to enjoy his time. and yeah. Manage Anthony's singing career, which I assume is moments away. I mean, and the he's real- going to be a damn good singer, too. He's going, to be the, he's going to be the only white guy in the St. Lunatics. You <gasps> City Spud was just in Edmonton. <laughs> Shout out to City, City Spud. City Spud is still touring. Apparently. Come on. Where would City Spud play at? The Bottle the, Depot? The other day, we were driving home from, uh, from Lake Louise, and in the Squires truck, Nelly came on mm-hmm. satellite radio. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to tweet out, you know what? I wonder what the St. Lunatics are up to these days. And then somebody comes back and me say, yo, man, City Spud was just in Edmonton. I am shocked. Do you even know who we're talking about? Dan? I have no sweet. So, do you know Nelly, the guy with the bandaid I on do. his face? Yeah, so I do. He had his Nelly Furtado, right? Yes, of course. That's yes. exactly him. Uh, he had his crew called the St. Lunatics. His G unit. You know G unit? 50 I, cent I am aware, yes. Okay. okay. I don't know how far no, down the rabbit no, road we need to good. back up before we can. Okay. So he had like the St. Lunatics. And like Murphy Lee was the hotness. And Murphy Lee was going to be the new Nelly. And then he put out an album called something or other. And it was hot, hot crap. And that was the end of Murphy Lee. Okay. But like the... Cam Barker of the squad was City Spud, who apparently still has enough of a draw to come to Edmonton, Canada and punch out a show. I, I'm trying to find the tweet, but i got to go back up ways. But yeah, City Spud was just here. Huge. City Spud. There you go. Never give up. That's, the, that's what we're going to end on today. Never give up. Because one day you're in the St. Lunatics, and eight years later, while Nelly's getting sexual assault charges in a tour bus in Grand Rapids, Michigan, you are in Edmonton with no sexual assault charges, receiving what can only be described as a giant upfront payment to rap wherever the hell you went. Yeah, I assume the fine folks at the ranch treated you very well <laughs> and that the crowd was bumping. Nice. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.